Welcome to Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. I'm Brian Sussman with the news and opinions you will certainly not hear anywhere else coming up in this episode. There is a crisis and it's at our southern border, yet liberals contend there is no such crisis. I have statistics that are going to open your eyes and hopefully you'll take notes and share. Another crisis. This one, I say, is not occurring, but the Democrats are sure it is. That involves a constitutional crisis that they contend is occurring because Donald Trump has exerted executive privilege to prevent congressional Democrats from seeing the unredacted Mueller report. What is the truth? What does the letter of the law say? We'll find out. God bless Georgia. They've gone where no state has gone before in terms of protecting the unborn. And wait till you hear what they're attempting in Alabama. The abortion activists are sure to go bonkers. And finally, this is National Barbecue Month. Get ready for a treat. My Patriot Rib Recipe, all in this episode of Hidden Headlines. Again, thanks for joining me, everybody. These stories and more can be found at briansussman.com. So, no crisis at the border. That's what we continue to hear from congressional Democrats. ICE has already released this fiscal year. The fiscal year began October 1st. Listen to this. ICE has already released 168,000 illegal immigrant family members into the United States. That's since October 1st. Now get ready for this. A staggering 87% of these released families are skipping their court hearings. I've said this has been going on for years. I've gotten lots of flack for this from so many people on Twitter, on Facebook, on my KSFO radio show, at my blog. But I stand by it, and now I have the statistics to bear my opinion out. 87% of released families are skipping their court hearings. Folks, the people coming across this border in large measure can't even read their own language. They're illiterate. So they get these pieces of paper that say, show up in this town on this date at this time before this judge, and you will have your case heard. They can't even read the piece of paper. But perhaps many of them can. In either case, 87% are skipping the court hearings. Judges are, are, are deporting them in absentia. Worse yet, the government is completely ill-equipped to track these people down. Let me give you some more statistics. 110,000 people were nabbed at the southwestern border in April alone, including nearly 100,000 caught by Border Patrol trying to sneak in the United States. Now, these are just the people that we caught. Who knows how many weren't caught? The other 10,000, because I mentioned there were 110,000 nabbed at the southwestern border in April, the other 10,000 were encountered when they showed up at ports of entry demanding to be let in despite permission to do so. This sounds like a crisis to me. Further troubling, the number of illegal immigrants traveling as families. 62,000 illegal immigrants traveling as families alone in in April. That shattered the all-time monthly record. It represents a doubling of the number from just three months ago. Now, what is fueling this surge? These insane immigration policies here in the United States that have been brought to us by Congress. 
And particularly troubling, it's a 2015 court ruling that allows illegal immigrant parents who travel with children to be released within 20 days. That's why some of these kids are being trafficked. These children do not belong to the quote-unquote parents that they're supposed to be associated with. There's no relationship. So 20 days, no time to complete a court case. The government has to let them go in our country. And then the hope is that they'll return for the deportation hearings. But as I told you, 87% do not. So what's happening here? They've received the message loud and clear. Bring a child. You're in. Another statistic. A staggering 1% of the populations of Guatemala and Honduras have made the journey into the United States in the past seven months. That's according to the Homeland Security Secretary. So either the Secretary's lying or that's the truth. 1% of an entire population group from Guatemala and Honduras. If this trend continues, it'll be 2% by the end of this fiscal year. I don't, I, I'm not a hater. I love everybody, but there has to be a rule of law. If this trend continues, what's going to happen? What does this country look like? Is it sustainable? Democrats are predictably turning a, a blind eye. Now, why? Why are they turning a bride? Is this their future voting base? Is this some type of plot to see the United States as we know it collapse? Here's Richard Durbin, Illinois Democrat, Senator, saying the problem is not illegal immigrants. He says the problem isn't illegal immigrants. It's, it's drug consumption in the United States. We have all these drug addicts. So you've got uh, people bringing drugs into the country. This makes no sense. I know we have drug addicts. and know people bringing drugs in. But does this account for... The 110,000 people that, that have, well, well the 168,000 people since fiscal year 2019. He also said there's zero evidence that this 2015 court ruling that I just told you about is a factor in the surge. How can people believe what they're told by these scoundrels who are politicians lying to us? These are... Richard Durbin's position is not an opinion. I'll take anybody's opinion. You're allowed to have an opinion. Everybody's got one, just like everybody has a belly button. But he is disputing the facts. He's twisting the truth. Now, as long as we're talking about human trafficking, because this is what's happening. Kids are being rented. I told you about that in the last edition of Hidden Headlines. My heart breaks to think how kids are being used like this. And then my good friend Joseph Farah, publisher of World Ed Daily, is reporting about all of the human trafficking in terms of child human trafficking going on in Africa. I've got that story up as well at briansussman.com. So there's cause to be concerned. This is a crisis. It's the kind of crisis that makes some of us get on our knees and pray. Now, let's talk about the constitutional crisis, according to the Democrats. It has to do with Jerry Nadler, chair of the House Judiciary Committee, and the Mueller report. He wants to see an unredacted version of the Mueller report. Now, he's been allowed to see a lightly redacted version of that same report, but has chosen not to. He wants the entire version. Donald Trump exerted executive privilege. 
He said, no, you're not going to see that. And now the Democrats are saying there's a constitutional crisis. When in fact, Donald Trump is acting within the bounds of his office and acting within the bounds of the law. Because within that Mueller report redacted are statements and accounts that were told before grand juries. Grand juries are meant to be private. They're meant to be secret. I know that a grand jury could could be abused. There's an entire movement in this country to stop the grand juries. Grand juries, we're, we're one of two countries left in the world that have the grand juries. And that means that we still believe in pillars of morality and virtue. Because without morality and virtue, the grand jury just really shouldn't work. But we have enough private citizens, I believe, who have their heads on straight, who want to do the right thing, that make these grand juries work. Could they be abused? Absolutely. Have they been abused? I don't know. But when they work properly, they are a great check and balance within our judicial system, which, despite its flaws, is the best in the world. Now, here is something that was prepared for members and committees of Congress by the Congressional Research Service. This research service, let's pretend as if you're going into Congress for the first time. You've been a business guy or gal your whole life. Now you're elected in office. Have you read the thousands and thousands of pages of federal rules and regulations? No. So the Congressional Research Service will provide you with everything you need. All you have to do is ask. Well, I asked. (laughs) And I got it. All about the grand jury. And I'm not even a member of Congress. I'm a U.S. citizen. It's all available. You can search it online, but I've got it at briansussman.com. You can see it. The U.S. Constitution requires that any prosecution of a serious federal crime be initiated by a presentment or indictment of a grand jury. This is what the document says. The grand jury is contemplated by the Constitution. It's a temporary citizen-comprised body that obtains evidence and considers whether it is sufficient to justify criminal charges in a particular case. The grand jury works with federal prosecutors, functions under judicial auspices, and is considered an independent constitutional fixture in its own right that belongs to no branch of institutional government, serving as a buffer between the government and the people. It's, it's, it's a brilliant process. It's a brilliant system. It's been long established. So one of the great things about the grand jury is that what is said there stays there. You have innocent people that are brought before the grand jury and they're divulging facts and, 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 and secrets about their lives and their business and the things that they've done and the places they've been and the people they know. And that should remain under lock and key. This prevents those under scrutiny from fleeing or opportuning or inopportuning the, the grand jurors and encourages full disclosure by the witnesses and protects the innocent from unwarranted prosecution. So Jerry Nadler really wants to divulge all of that? Come on. This is a dog and pony show. And it's disgusting the way they're playing these politics. And by the way, a constitutional crisis, really? Donald Trump executing, uh, invoking executive privilege. This was done by Barack Obama, and I didn't hear Jerry Nadler and the Democrats crying then. Oh, yes, he asserted executive privilege in June 2012th in response to a House investigation regarding Operation Fast and Furious. That was this insane gun-walking operation 
in which the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives was running guns, illegal guns, in hopes they could be used to track down Mexican drug cartel figures. And by the way, some of those guns were used in horrendous crimes. The blood should be on the Obama administration's hands. Donald, uh, excuse me, Barack Obama asserted executive privilege. House Oversight Committee Chairman Daryl Issa, the Republican from Southern California, demanded documents related to this Justice Department's response to the operation, and Eric Holder, the Attorney General at the time, refused. And Barack Obama stood by his man, said you're not going to get the information. Can I tell you something? The administration was overturned in April 26th. George Bush did this. Bill Clinton did this. Ronald Reagan did this. Richard Nixon did this. All the presidents have done this. Some successfully, some unsuccessfully, but the bottom line is this may be argued in court and probably will. At the end of the day, Donald Trump will be found to be right. He's protecting the Constitution and our rule of law. God bless Georgia. Georgia's governor, Brian Kemp, has signed into law his state's latest pro-life legislation. It's called the Heartbeat Law. This is, for pro-lifers, this is tremendous news. For the pro-abortion advocates, this is terrible. And I don't know how they can spin it. They try, try, try. But I believe on this particular issue, more and more people are being educated. More and more people have have had their eyes opened to what really takes place during an abortion. Now, before I ever speak on these issues, I always say this. In the event that you've had an abortion, can I tell you something? There's a God in heaven who forgives you. Let's just say that first and foremost. There's a God in heaven who forgives you. All you have to do is ask forgiveness in his son's name. And I have many friends who have, in the past, uh, experienced an abortion and God has forgiven them. It's a, it's a sad part of their life story, but but they have the hope through Jesus that not only have their sins been forgiven, but someday they'll receive a crown of life. And I should also mention this. Uh, I know I'm a guy, so I could never, you know, have to make a decision between abortion, no abortion. But my wife and I did this. We made a conscious effort to adopt kids early on. And we adopted three altogether. And I also co-founded an organization way back in the day called Brian's Kids. And we assisted in 400 kids in foster care getting adopted into real permanent families. So I've tried to walk the talk on this particular issue. So that's my street cred. Now let's continue with the story. Governor Kemp, uh, Kemp, Kemp, he kept his campaign promise. He signed this bill. It's HB 481. It's officially titled the Living Infants Fairness and Equality Act. That's the LIFE Act. So this LIFE Act prohibits abortions in Georgia after a heartbeat is detected, which can be as early as six weeks into pregnancy. It's the beating heart of a baby, an unborn baby. Does, doesn't, does this not cause one to stop and think this, is like, this isn't like an ant or a bug, a spider? 
I don't think a lot of these abortion activists would dare do something like this to a, to a kitten in the womb or a puppy in the womb. But a human baby? Question mark? So this law does allow exceptions in the case of rape, incest, or in the event that the life of the mother is in danger. So is God pleased with this? Well, you be the judge, because it says in the ancient book of Isaiah, from the Jewish scriptures, chapter 44, verse 24, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you in the womb, I am the Lord who made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself. This wonderful scripture from the book of Isaiah tells us that the Lord is the creator. He himself made the earth. He himself stretched out the heavens. And he formed you in the womb. So God bless Georgia. But given that last scripture from Isaiah, perhaps Alabama is going a step further in the right direction. You be the judge. This is House Bill 314, the Human Life Protection Act. This could be passed into law within the next few days. If it passes, this will be the most restrictive ban on abortion since the court decided to legalize and protect the procedure nationwide in 1973. So that's Roe v. Wade. So this would be the most restrictive ban on abortion since Roe v. Wade. This bill provides no exceptions for rape or incest and classifies the procedure as a Class A felony in that state. That means a doctor caught performing abortions in Alabama would face up to 99 years in prison. Now, of course, the pro-abortion activists are absolutely nuts right now. Uh, This bill is likely to be passed. It'll probably and probably signed into law. The problem is it will be immediately blocked by a federal judge because the judge will say it's in clear violation of Roe v. Wade. My personal take on the issue, obviously it will be controversial, but this is my opinion. If we believe what, for those of us who believe the Bible as the Word of God, then I would look at that verse from Isaiah And I would say, I believe it. God formed you in the womb. Because you were the product, so to speak, for lack of a better word, because you were the product of a rape or the result of incest, does that make you any less of a person? No. Are you still loved by God? Yes. Do you have the potential for great things in this life? Absolutely. And so I would stand with those in Alabama on this particular issue. That's my take on Hidden Headlines. And finally, May is National Barbecue Month. I love a good barbecue, and I know many of you do as well. So allow me to introduce you to my world-famous Patriot Ribs. I posted this recipe about 10 years ago, and I've received positive feedback from people all over the planet, including... People who live in states known for their killer ribs. (laughs) Now, there are some highbrow barbecue aficionados who tell me my ribs should have a little more bite. In other words, my ribs, 
they fall off the bone a little too easy. But I'm just telling you, the average consumer loves seeing that meat simply fall off the bone. It's a crowd pleaser. So the Patriot Rib recipe is what it is, and it is delicious. <laughs> I've tweaked the recipe a bit over the years with the help of my son, who's a professional chef. So this is the latest and greatest version. It's all up at briansussman.com on the blog, but let me just walk through the recipe with you really quick here. It's simple. The first thing you do is you do not rinse the, take them out of the wrapper, don't rinse them off. It's something my son told me never, ever, 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 ever to do. Place the ribs bone side down in a ceramic or glass baking pan. Cover both sides of the ribs with a barbecue rib rub. I like Kirkland's Sweet Mesquite from Costco, but whatever you like, use it. And by the way, I'm using baby backs in this particular case, but St. Louis pork ribs work just as well. I can't guarantee this recipe on beef ribs. I don't think it'll work. I'll explain why in just a moment. So now that you've handled the ribs and you've put the rub on, wash your hands really good. You know me. Then pour a nice stout beer. No, not for yourself, for the ribs. I like Guinness into the pan less than an inch deep. Do not try anything other than a dark stout beer. The ribs will be ruined. I learned this from a chemist. I was doing my radio show many years ago, and I was talking about my rib recipe, and a chemist called in, and he told me what's in the dark stout that allows the meat to react favorably. If you use a lager or a porter or um, an IP, it's just not going to work. So uh, you get the ribs all settled in the beer, and they've got the rub. Cover them up with some aluminum foil. Let them sit for eh, about an hour on the counter. Then preheat that oven to 320. You're going to bake the ribs in the pan with the beer, covered with the foil for two hours. Then you're going to turn off the oven. Let the ribs remain in the closed oven for about another hour. And while the ribs are sitting in the oven, when appropriate, fire up that barbecue grill. Get that cooking grate nice and hot. We're ready for showtime. You'll take the ribs out of the oven. You're going to put them directly on the grate, bone side down. Slather your favorite barbecue sauce. I love Sweet Baby Ray's. But whatever you like is, is what you like, and I hope you love it. And I know you will. So you slather it on the meat side. After three minutes, flip the ribs meat side down. Apply the sauce to the bone side. Let them cook for five minutes. This is going to allow for some nice grill marks to develop and allow the sauce to caramelize. And then when the five minutes are up, you're going to flip those ribs back on the bone side and let them cook for another couple of minutes. You want to slather some more barbecue sauce in there? Fine, whatever. I'm just telling you something. You're going to get those ribs off the grill onto a big serving plate. Don't be surprised if a couple bare bones lay behind. What's served? The meat will literally fall off the bone. And if your guests want additional sauce in the ribs, yeah, make it available. Don't forget a roll of paper towels in the middle of the table. God bless you and your family and America and enjoy National Barbecue Month. <laughs> and if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others. And don't forget, you can subscribe as well. Uh, we're posting this on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We just want to get the word out. The news and views and opinions you won't hear anywhere else, including many that I do not share on my own radio show, Hidden Headlines. 
Thanks for joining me. You can follow me on Facebook, Brian Sussman Show. Twitter, Brian underscore Sussman. And, of course, you can email me. Just go to briansussman.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. Brian Sussman, Hidden Headlines, signing off. <laughs>